One Man Revolution, Volume 4, Episode 26. We're back, back again, live from remote locations. <laughs> it is the One Man Revolution podcast. I am your host, the Revolutionary. I'm joined by the comrade, the informant, and and Spian. and the librarian. Oh, excellent! It has been a hundred and seventy-six and a half days. Let's just call it one hundred and seventy-seven days since the current regime has stolen power. And my gosh, what a week. Uh. I like how this beer has a logo on both sides. Nice, that's, that's just good marketing. It is excellent marketing. All their beers have that, by the way. Oh. All their cans, unlike American cans, that have some kind of like words on the back. Well, let's yeah, ingredient. I like the uh, government warnings and ingredients on beer. Yeah. Well, uh, I am drinking Tule or Tule, depending on which way you want to do it. It is a uh, an Icelandic lager uh, beer. And uh, it's malty, it's delicious, and it's a half a liter in every can. Hey, I think everything's a half liter over there. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm finishing you, off a bad experiment, uh, but it has well, bourbon. Uh, yes. And um, <clears throat> Dogfish Head, 60 minute IPA. It's a classic. Uh, it's, it very a classic. Ref- it's very refreshing after my bad experiment, which was... <laughs> Bourbon, sweet vermouth, and ginger beer. Not not recommended. Sounds fine. Uh, the informant. I drink it over there. A Danish drink. Uh, or I think it said it was Danish. Or no, Austrian. It's Austrian. Uh, I believe they pronounce it uh, Red Bull. <laughs> um, Is that the diet variety Red Bull? Because you don't want the calories? It's uh, sugar-free. It's it's the mm. it's the kind of Red Bull where he's just vibrating after the first yeah. thirty minutes. It's, yeah, <laughs> supposed to give me my wings. So after he's, this, I'm gonna fly airplanes. The informant will not be out of focus. He will merely be in a state of hyper acceleration. The camera cannot pick him up. Have you seen the episode of Futurama where Fry drinks like a hundred cups of coffee and at the end he's just moving in slow motion and everyone around him is just like frozen? It's gonna be that. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. Be talking like a mile a minute. Mm-hmm. It's weird. We got three hours of podcast in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking, Thespian? I got a course. Nice and cold. All, all yeah, the things one drinking that the... could be blue are blue. <laughs> I'm the one drinking the blue can tonight. Me too. It's a theme. It's a theme. And librarian, librarian. I saw a glass of wine. Going back to my roots with the gas station wine. Hey, yeah. there you go. 
It's a gas station Bring it white, back no to the less. start of the quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're kicking this old school back like it was the quarantine. Well, at least now, since it's not the beginning of the quarantine, uh, I can tell you what national, domestic, and international travel are like when uh, during COVID nineteen. True. Uh, here, so. wrapping things up, uh, we can talk a bit about. Uh, uh, Marco Rubio and his inappropriate, uh, they aren't tweets, they're Facebook posts, but they're only done under his name, not under Senator Marco Rubio. Oh, it's his personal stuff. Yeah, he likes to put it under that one where all of his sycophants can uh, blow him with both hands. I don't know. That's very and, uh, similar to somebody else that used to do that. Yes, exactly. Uh, where they have the official White House one and then they have their right. own. Yes, exactly. Right. Um, I almost forgot right. about that. Yeah. Well, one and, goes into the Library of Congress and the other doesn't necessarily. Right. And then we have, uh, you know, Rick Scott piling on and on that and Ron death sentence piling on top of that. His uh, comments this, on the things in Cuba I thought were really interesting. Yeah, the whole situation in Cuba is a tragedy, mm -hmm. but we all have to remember that it's a tragedy that was created by uh, having all the sanctions that were removed by President Obama reinforced by the, by the next president, President mm -hmm. 45. And um, I'm sorry, there's a pandemic going on. So 46 hasn't had a chance to fix that problem right now uh and of course the republicans are are crowing the cuban freedom fighters uh as, you, know, you know the the unsung heroes of the uh you know of the of the new uh you know patriotic right basically because they want that because of course we have you know a, a guy who is governor who wants to be president who actually has launched his campaign if you saw his koozies and his uh duffel bags and t-shirts that official yeah <laughs> yeah um merchandising make, make america florida is one of them what what is that a, make is america that florida yeah yeah that's official make america florida why would you want and to do that that's the because worst he's the, he's the governor of florida because it's horrible COVID, remember? You don't have COVID. That's why they want to make the whole country Florida. Uh, I'm but in a country that doesn't have COVID. And uh, I can tell you right now, it's very liberating. I sat in a mall today and actually listened to people interact with each other. No masks, no nothing, because the country doesn't have it. That's great. You can get the same experience here. It's just, you know. I, I was saying, I was actually talking to someone today and I said, it's really weird to be sitting in a, in a building with a bunch of people without masks and know they're not all Republicans. <laughs> yeah, Europe, the only place without a mask where you don't feel like a Republican. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I will say making, making the U.S. Florida would make things a lot more entertaining. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 And uh, uh, he... We look at okay, look at how many stories come out of Florida, and we are two percent of the country. I saw, like, <laughs> I saw there's way too much headline. Florida man already. We don't I saw need an amazing headline today. Uh, a man got arrested for throwing an alligator onto a roof to teach it a lesson. Well, I yep. mean, <laughs> yep, it, that'll do it for that. Wow. 
I shouldn't have crawled there. That sucks. I regret that now. I guess the Florida man taught him a lesson. Either that was a very young alligator or a very strong Florida man. I think it was a younger like, alligator. I'm guessing if, alligator. If, yeah. If America becomes, if if we make America Florida, that we'd have to turn it into like Florida every man. Right. Yeah. Well, he also like he also put out he put out a koozie that says uh, "Don't Fauci my Florida." He's also selling T-shirts. Yeah. He's also selling T-shirts that say "Don't Fauci my Florida" ahead of the 2024 election. Yep. Um, what was the other one? There's another one that was dumb. Yeah, keep Florida free. That's another one. Oh, and how am I supposed to drink my beer in a mask? Because he literally said that was a quote that he said to the uh, I uh, to the press beer when they caught him drinking a beer that's without a mask on. That's that's the koozie. No, no, he has. You can get all of this on a koozie, sir. Yeah, no, I'm just that's saying marketing. Like, yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying like the koozie specifically targets the beer drinking thing. Yeah, I did like. He is a despicable human being on every level. I didn't think I could be brought to like truly be angry at him. Like, like it's it's one. I, I like thing... the, I liked how aghast you were when you heard what I said. Yeah, like... right. But There's no was, way. No, but like, like to the Thespians' point. Why in God's name would anyone want more of Florida <laughs> in this country? Like, Florida is an international joke. It is not yeah. just a United, like it's not exactly. just like an, an inside joke for the United States. It is an international joke. Everyone who understands English makes fun of the state of Florida. We do not yes. need more of it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And remember, this is all exclusively at the Team DeSantis store. Join the fight to keep uh, Florida free. Free from medical. Care? Can't wait to vote for his opponent. Oh wait, I pay a lot of shit here in florida what it's not free uh he means your rights madam you know like your right to an uh oh wait you don't have that uh you're nope nope Mm. nope can't do that Hmm. uh easy vote nope 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 nope, Um, nope. can't even throw alligators on roofs anymore (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you have a right to protest right nope not on the street Nope. So I actually posted the two. I think it was one. Either it was a it was a death sentence or a uh, uh, baby Marco uh, post on Facebook uh, about someone was someone said uh, you know we're really happy about all the all the all the all the uh, people of of uh, Cuban descent who are who have taken to the streets in support of their Cuban national. You know, all the friends, all their friends and family who are Cuban nationals uh, still in Cuba, you know, taking that up. And uh, I my comment was very simple. It said, hey, uh, make sure that protest doesn't turn into a riot. Stay out of the streets and off the sidewalks. Mm-hmm. But only only do it in proper areas. Only the designated. No. So I'm, I'm glad. So Cuba is a whole thing right now. That's really quite interesting. Um, you get what I think the most interesting thing about Cuba and and the uprisings is not the cuba uprisings happening at all it's very fascinating in its own right and worth a discussion but i think what's more relevant to us is the immediate spin put on by all the media outlets out there Uh, fox news was on point as always 
Yep, absolutely. Um, this is President but, Biden's fault. No, 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 um, no, 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 was, they, they, they absolutely said it almost immediately that it was his fault, that he is not that he has not immediately lifted the sanctions from Cuba, that he has not, uh, you know, he has not added humanitarian aid to Cuba, that he has not done any of those things. That was the first thing they said when they know full well that it was their boy that put all the sanctions back on for even humanitarian aid when former President Obama allowed for trade, travel, and humanitarian help. Uh, I think it was librarian and then informant. Real quick for someone who's been living under a rock, can you explain what's actually going on in Cuba right now? (laughs) (laughs) I I can. Would you like me to? Please, because I also, I wanted to ask at the start of it, but like you went real quick into it. So there's a lot of protesting against the former pro-Castro government, which is now run by yet another petty authoritarian dictator, who the Republican Party likes to point out that he is socialist, Um, you know, a a Marxist socialist, which is not actually 100% true, but that's okay. Um, and yeah, um, well, but they, they like to say it, but they like to say it. They do like And to say it. the people are, because of our sanctions, and even the UN has said that the US sanctions are draconian, that, you know, the, and they were put on by 45. Um, they were taken off by 44. Uh, so, yeah. For a so, long time before that. No, 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 no. They were still in, in effect during the Bush administration. They were taken off during the Obama administration. That's, that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. And so it's been 40, 40 years or 50 years of sanctions. 1960. was the 60s, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the 1960s. Yep. Yeah. So the 1960s because of the Cuban Missile Crisis and the running away of all of the rich landowners in... Um, who were in Cuba at the time, who ran away from Castro because Castro uh, was a was basically a communist, a socialist. Uh, that's what he used to get into power, but it is an authoritarian socialism. It's not you know, the Marxist socialism that it is touted to be. And uh, so we put sanctions against them and those sanctions have been in, around forever. And now the biggest problem that we have is that uh, you know uh, because of COVID nineteen there is very little food, there is very little uh, medicine, there is very little of much of anything that's going on in Cuba, and once you get to the point where absolutely everything is run out, people are going to start rioting in the streets, saying that they want you know their freedoms uh, away from uh, away from the current leadership, informant. Food and sanctions have always been exempt from our embargo. Uh, not uh, not currently, because uh, we, we, we will not allow, according to, uh, we won't allow American flagged vessels dock there. So aid from, so humanitarian aid was blocked by um, 45. Well, according direct, to what, direct I, humanitarian what I've heard. Aid. If, yeah, if, direct we donated, if we donated to uh, a UN effort to provide support, the UN ships can go to Cuba and help out, but the United right. States- NGOs can go. NGOs can go, but direct American support is not is not available. But but um, you, you touched on a really important thing there, which was this the the lack of supply. Yep. Um, 
the thing that the thing that's irritated me the most about the 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 right the right media's coverage of what's happening in Cuba is step one is the people are finally looking to overthrow the communist agenda, and no, no. <laughs> uh, that that's not it. Um, they are because Fox News has invested, or the right wing media has invested so much time and effort into disproving COVID as an actual crisis. Uh, they can't say that the COVID resultant economy is the source of the problems. They have to go with something else and something else is communism. Um, right. But basically uh, what's happened is, as the revolutionary said, is they're out of medicine, they're out of food. Uh, and the Cuban government has uh, basically stores of foreign cash for buying foreign goods. And that's all dried up because they spent it all because everything got more expensive so um much like venezuela they they leveraged everything as far as they could with a simplistic economy and an authoritarian government and it bit them in the ass and everything's falling apart um they not it's not as bad as venezuela where they put everything into oil and that was it and everything was based on the value of oil but similarly isolated similarly uh non-diversified and it's it's a nightmare the, and the people suffer is, is the end result but um the one thing it isn't and, and 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 this is the bit that really frustrates me is um fox news going well you know it's been 16 minutes and we haven't heard anything from the social from the socialist democrats like bernie sanders and alexander ocasio-cortez it's like well that's because they're not representatives of the department of state they are congress people and yep. it's okay to not have a knee-jerk reaction to everything that happens in the world. It's better to take time to sit back and think. And uh, it was a similar criticism for President Biden, who then, I think the next day after I read that particular article. Uh-oh, we lost the comrade. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. I guess he'll be right say, back. It does say that we're still recording though. Yeah, we're still recording, that's it, His screen was frozen. Right, but I can still hear him perfectly fine. Yeah, we all could still hear him. So, yeah, just, <laughs> we'll just give him a on. second. I'm gonna pause the recording. There we go. Anyway. Yeah. So what you were saying basically before you froze and disappeared uh, was that it's because they they ran out of cash. They weren't diversified. I think he's yeah. frozen again. No. Oh no, I am. Ah. <laughs> we can hear you though. We can hear you this time. We can still hear you. We can hear you the whole time. Yeah. Just turn the camera off and turn the camera yeah, back it's on. Yeah, the camera. Can you still hear me? Yeah, we can still hear you. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. There you are. Everything's fine. <laughs> There's my tiny little face. <laughs> Next to Stonehenge. Yeah. Anyway. So the, um, yeah. So the, Go ahead. Go ahead. So, I was just, so, so yeah, um, to summarize the thing that I was trying to say before technology so really interrupted, uh, Cuba, uh, like many authoritarian regimes, lacked flexibility, lacked forward thinking policy, and, and lacked the ability to adapt to new and difficult circumstances that a freer economy gives you the ability to adapt to. Um, but but the, the biggest thing is the food and the medicine are gone and the people of Cuba are sick of it. And I don't care what kind of government you have in place when all the food and all the medicine is gone, people are going to riot and they're going to call their government bad because that is a bad government at that point. 
And the things that the that the right are doing here, and especially the the deep Trumpian right, um, they're saying, you know, don't you you know don't you have any uh, any any heart? You, you Democrats, why aren't you helping this country? Why, why aren't you added, giving immediate humanitarian aid and turning on their internet and doing all of these things? You know, because you're heartless, you, you Democrats, you, you say you, you care about people, but you don't because you're not taking care of the people of Cuba. That's incredible now, virtue signaling. That's really it, it's, incredible. It, and, and every one of the posts is that, and it drives me absolutely crazy. And it's especially coming from Marco Rubio, you know, Senator Rubio is, you know, he, he, his part of his base are those, you know, Castro fleeing Cubans who only left because he was socializing all of their money and their land. <laughs> That's the only reason they left. They love the authoritarian government that came before it. Yeah, I mean, the thing, the thing about communism is, you know, as, as Marx wrote it, is there's no land ownership so if you're if your wealth and your value is tied into your land and the land is taken from you by the government then you don't have any value left and and they couldn't yeah. stand that so they bailed yeah. they, liquid, they <laughs> liquidated and they, they came to a country where land is value the same thing happened to um i want to say it was zimbabwe yeah they told, they told the farmers basically like are you talking about south africa well, no, this happened in, hold on. I'm going to look it up before I start spouting the wrong thing. <laughs> it was somewhere in Africa. Just say Africa. It's easier. Years ago. Um, I think it was, they told basically all the white farmers that your land is no longer your land. So they left. And then they went through a period of starvation because they had no food. That sounds <laughs> awfully familiar to a, a story about South Africa that I heard recently. Oh. Basically, like a, a weird, a strange form of of uh, reparations for apartheid was, or apartheid is it apartheid or apartheid? Apartheid. It's apartheid. apartheid. Okay, thank yeah. you. I've never been sure. Anyway, basically, one of the weird forms of reparations, as far as I understood it, for apartheid was uh, uh, basically they were taking farmland from white farm owners and giving it to to people of color in South Africa, and nobody knew how to run, run the farms, so yeah. there was no food. Uh, yeah, so bad, bad knee jerk. Again, no knee jerk policy is ever a good policy. All policy should take time, should be thought out and executed slowly to account for things that go wrong or you didn't consider when you made the policy in the first place. Well, South Africa is rioting, rioting right now for the same reason that's, that's, that they're rioting in, uh, in Cuba. Mm. The government mismanaged a lot of COVID uh, money and, and policies and they're you know, the variants uh, are spreading like crazy because the government has not rolled out the vaccines quickly enough. And, you know, so people just started rioting. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. It was Zimbabwe. Um, okay. Thousands of white farmers were forced from their land, often violently between 2000 and 2001. Um, the seizures were meant to redress colonial era land grabs, but contributed to the country's economic decline and ruined relations with the West. They're now trying to compensate them and pay them to get them to come back because they were going through a huge period of, as soon as they did it, they went through a huge period of starvation and Amen. economic collapse. Oof. So now they're trying to pay them to come back. Yeah. Maybe come back. 
maybe come back. And, and you know, what's, re- what's really bad is, is, you know, the way the governor of the state of Florida and our two, two of our senators who are also on the Republican Party, you know, are handling this whole Cuba thing is they're basically saying, you know, you need to do something, President Biden, you should do something. But they're not saying what he should do. No, but that's no, none of the it. none of the conservatives are saying what anyone should do. But but the concept of these incredibly anti big government people, you know, suddenly just coming on the scene, and, you, know, you know what, the president of the United States should be doing something for these people, we should be just willy nilly US policy team America world police. But the 45th administration was all about uh, uh, withdrawing from the world He's all about isolationism not about he did uh, he allegedly he did not want team america world police so if if that was your philosophy but all of a sudden you have this crisis and you think oh these are votes for me we should leverage big government we should leverage our our overspending dod we should do this and that and the other it's like but that's not legal yeah what literally literally what what Governor uh, death sentence is asking for when he says Biden should turn on the internet in Cuba is an American invasion yeah. of Cuba. Yeah. Oh, he's he's he said the words we should get a you know, battle group and just take and and help the freedom fighters in Cuba. Listen, he has said already, that publicly. We're already doing that in Haiti right now. <laughs> yeah. We're busy. Yeah. We but another fun, up, another but another are, fun are, point. We are so close to pulling out of Afghanistan. We don't need another forever war, even closer. Yeah, to but at, at least at that. least it's only ninety miles off our coast, and we get some really cool hotels and uh, yeah. and and cars uh, and, and the Wellhabaho region of tobacco. We should also yeah. just stop meddling in other people's affairs. I just want Cuban tobacco. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, hey, comrade, they have Cuban that tobacco here. That kid. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that TikTok another... guy who looks at a thing and he yeah. goes, "You're doing it dumb." Yeah. 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 I mean, outside of the U.S. sanctions, <laughs> there's really not much else we can do. It's Cubans, its own country. They have their own government that has to deal with their own problems, right? So, I, I, I am of the same mind. I feel like there's so many other things within our own country that we need to focus on that we should not be meddling, just like the librarian said, we should not be meddling. Yeah. But but then you have people like Marco Rubio posting things like, and I should just read it to you because it's a lot easier to do that than it is to- to Meddling Marco. Yeah. (laughs) Meddling Marco, I like it. There are a lot of Cubans in Florida and a lot of Cubans in Florida do tend to vote Republican. Because they're the ones- Because- mentioned ones that fleed castro right so he's he's pandering to them oh yeah yeah. that's all that's all this is is just a vote grab yeah so i mean this doesn't comrade i risk i wish i could see your face on this one but i will look at everybody else's faces on this one so little baby marco posted this up on july 15th my office stands ready to help the leaders of black lives matters black lives matter organize or the black lives matter organization emigrate to cuba what <laughs> my office stands ready to help the leaders of black lives matters organization emigrate to cuba he wants to send hey, black lives um you know what no 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 i'm all for this senator rubio 
lead by example. You go first, I'll follow. Let's go. That was after. And you're, and you're not allowed to establish post. yourself in the embassy. Hold on. That was that was after this post, which was about an hour and a half before that. Uh, hold on. That was at, yeah, this was eight hours later. So eight hours before that last one, he said this. The extortionist ring known as Black Lives Matter organization took a break today from shaking down corporations for millions and buying themselves mansions to share their support for the communist regime in, in Cuba. Um, citation missing. All of this stuff is on his personal. All of this stuff is on his personal Facebook. Sure. Not on anything that relates to government. Does the Cuban government get no say in who we decide to just send to Cuba to live there? So I had I had drinks with some very good friends of mine here uh, abroad uh, on Tuesday. I don't know, the days have all been blended together because I drank way too much on Monday and Tuesday. Um, yeah, Monday was a blur. Uh, we went, I went on, on, a, on an electric scooter from one town to another. Brave. And you didn't break your face? Uh, I didn't. Someone um, else did. But that was after I was with him. I uh -huh. yelled curb. Um, but uh, on, on Tuesday, Help I met with some listen. really good friends friends of ours, a friend of the show uh, who tunes in every now and again. Uh, oh, he's, rather yeah. he's rather politically active. And, uh, you know, we had some long discussions and he said, you know, America's uh, exceptionalism, the problem that we have is that the rest of the world doesn't need our help and nothing is our fault. We always say things are our fault that we have to fix them because we did them. We've never done anything. Nothing's our fault. Stay out of it. And when he said that, I tried to argue with him, but he's kind of right. <laughs> no, no, he's 100% right. The, yeah. the, the modern America is that toxic partner who takes every argument, every issue, everything and makes it about them. Like, oh, I did this. Yep. What did I do wrong? How can I like it? But not the not the gaslighting. It's the the it toxically insecure. Yeah. You know, like every anyone laughing at a room is laughing at me. Anyone making mm -hmm. a comment is trying to talk to talk about me and I can't hear them. It's that constant, oh, what bad thing are they saying about me right now? I need to prove them wrong. And we just go way off about it instead of relaxing and realizing that we're like 20th out of 25 developed countries in terms of everything. Yeah. <laughs> like we kind of suck as a developed nation. We, we, we are great compared to third world countries, but we kind of suck as a developed nation. Yeah. 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 And, and it was fun having these discussions as as the night went on, because uh, we started at 3 p.m. <laughs> and I think I got home 12 hours later. Sounds about right. There was coffee and cognac somewhere around <laughs> 2 a.m. But the problem is the sun yeah. never really went down, so it's hard to say. Well, it did, but we were in a building when it did. So then we walked back out, it was back up. So, yeah. <laughs> For that 20 minutes where it was up below the horizon. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, but it's, but it's really interesting to get their perspective. And I'm also going on, a, uh, going on a meet and greet next Thursday 
with uh, with Voller and another reporter from the Grapevine. Cool. The guys who do the yeah, yeah. I'm going. Um, they they have a whole week of meet and greets because they got tired of too many people just knocking on the office door <laughs> and they weren't because they were out reporting so they're like hey since we're on vacation for the next month we're going to do a week of meet and greets and so i'm getting their last slot on thursday next week so i can report on what they talk about on friday right. they have a, a great they have a great report out on um, Julian Assange and that whole WikiLeaks thing mm-hmm. um, that they just put out today. It's 48 minutes long and it is an ex- and, and it shows because it started here and it is ending here um, wow. because of the people that they have arrested here uh, involved in that story that's been going on for the better part of a decade. Wow. So yeah, so it's very interesting. Is it a decade now? Something along that line. It's a long time. It was, I think it was back in like 2012 that all this stuff started coming out. Yeah, so it's getting there. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while. Yeah, so the hacker is here in custody because he not only uh, hacked in Iceland, wow. he also did he also did bad things uh, to 14 to 17-year-old boys. That was, that was the so, thing that got him in trouble, yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, so I, I'm going to be talking to them. Motion is that what that was? Yeah, that was chopping. Got hacking, it. Hacking. Is this the hacker yeah. known as 4chan? <laughs> oh man, no, this but it'll is be his interesting. Father, 8chan. Ah, yeah. So so that's, I'm going to be spending two like, hours with those like, folks. So that'll be fun. Oh, that's super oh. cool. That's really exciting. Yeah. And they only opened it up literally the day after I got here. So they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna do these things. Their first one is, isn't until like tomorrow. So I'm pretty happy about this. When they said it, I'm like, I'm immediately signing up. Um, how much money do you guys want? <laughs> you know, cause, uh, cool. cause it's fun. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, we don't have to, you know, when, when, when I'm having these discussions with these great folks here and it, it's, it's true. Why do we, ha- why are we continuously meddling? Why are we always feeling bad? Yes we do some things that are not good, <laughs> right? We do bad things. Understatement of the week. Yeah. yeah. But, but here's the thing. It's not our fault. Right. It's not our fault. It's not our fault. <laughs> it's not, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it until someone cries. I'm going to do it until someone cries. I'm, I'm, uh... Look, I don't, I don't do math in my janitorial shifts. Okay, so yeah, uh, <laughs> but no, but but oh but, yeah, I've only seen that movie once. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I still vote like top three worst on-screen kiss. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, that's that, that that yeah yeah yeah. Uh, the librarian knows what I'm talking about. It's a terrible yeah. kiss. Um, Mini Driver and Matt Damon. Yeah, no chemistry at all. It wasn't no. Ben Affleck in a mask in Matt Damon? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, uh, no, but they got that movie greenlit. But I mean, that's the funny thing about about I think the the Republican concept of foreign policy versus the the Democrat concept of foreign policy, which is Republicans don't want to do any global trading, but they do want to do all the global policing. And I think the Democrats are the opposite. They understand at least that global trade is inevitable and necessary. And it's well, it's the chicken hawk to... problem. It's the chicken hawk problem. 
the chicken hawks are the are the people who like the former president 45 and others in congress that never served mm. in any armed force and actually actively avoided service right but yet every time there's a solution they want to put them our men and women uh, in uh, of our armed forces in arms way why do they always send the poor yeah. Yeah. Why don't princes fight the war? war? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, yeah, but because I mean, we but, didn't yeah. start the fire. Oh, Jesus Christ. Different genre. <laughs> Toxicity of our city. Look, you can't mix a metaphor without breaking some eggs, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I may not be oh. the in the sea. <laughs> Oh, man. I love you. I love you all so much. <laughs> oh, it makes me so happy. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, that's that's the big. So, so you know, it's fun. And, and this is a conversation that could only be had if you leave and use your passports and and stop thinking that America is the best place on earth and the only place you want to stay like a lot of the folks from Texas or Florida or Alabama or woo or I mean, any of it, those other states. It raises it raises a really interesting question that has been studied and, and really like boiled down at this point that, you know, Americans, uh, uh, the, the flag swinging, truck driving, coal rolling, you know, woo Dallas Cowboys Americans believe <laughs> that... <laughs> they believe that for whatever reason the united states has the most freedom of any nation in the world and if you consider economics personal economics individual economics we have a lot less security we have a lot less freedom we have a lot less uh, uh capacity to go do things than the rest of the developed world uh, uh we are given the opportunity to do anything we so choose provided we have the money but our but the system we are in is stacked so that we cannot get the money whereas uh france has what what four or six weeks paid vacation time for every employee for the year pretty much every european country does yeah right yeah Mo most of the most european countries have a minimum of four weeks paid time guaranteed to every employee uh, uh, some form of a universalized healthcare system, uh, some form of, of family medical leave for pa maternity. Like, leave pa sorry, paid maternity and and uh, paternity, uh, paternity leave. Yeah, they have both. Um, we don't have so basically the things that allow for a proper work life balance exist in Europe to grant the people who live in Europe real freedom. That the United States does not have because we do not believe in a work-life balance. Oh, and and it's and it's very clear because what do people crow about in America? Oh, I worked an eighty-hour week last week. I worked seventy-nine hours last week. What did you do, loser? I saw my kids. Yeah, yeah. I went home. Yeah. I had a social yeah. life. You know, like. I mean, that, that's the thing though, right? Like, like I'm all for- well, we value uh, the wrong things exactly. a lot of the time. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, yes. We, yeah. put, we put the emphasis and, and value in all of the wrong places. And instead of focusing on things like developing yourself as an individual, uh, uh, finding a new skill, having a new hobby, growing a family, 
being a dad. Hell, the United States hates dads. We no paternity leave of any kind. But <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, in in the family unit, yes, dads are horribly undervalued. Whenever uh, there's so many stories of people who you know, it's dad taking his kids out for a day because mom's busy, and all he hears from people is, "Oh, where's mom? Where's mom? Oh, is oh, did mom finally let you have the kids for a day?" His right? Yeah, you're babysitting. No, no motherfucker, this is my kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, but but I'm just like, that's the United States mentality on fatherhood. Is you like? We, we make jokes about women uh, expected to be bare, barefoot, naked, and barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Right. Um, if she doesn't the, want to be but, there, but the flip to be. side, but the flip side of that very bitter coin is why the hell is dad home? Why isn't he working more, making more money for his family? And that's the patriarchy, which is why we need to smash it. <laughs> exactly. Smash the patriarchy. Uh, Informant has his hand up and is also muted. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> I, I, I've been for my turn. Um, if you want to see a really balls to the wall example of what we're talking about, just look at Japan. Yeah. Japan is having a huge problem where they are having to implement laws to tell people stop working 80 hours a week. And you can't just like, because their, their work culture is just completely mm-hmm. ridiculous of like, you can't leave until your boss leaves. And- you informant you know where that came from right that came from us that came from us they they we created the 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 salarymen we created them the west created them but they're at a point now where like their birth rate is super low yep they are having they're like in state they're i think they're paying people now just to have kids just because no one is having children they have a negative growth rate yeah. in their country yeah. a lot of countries do right now that is yeah. not unique J- japan as we know it will disappear in the next 20 years yeah. if well, they don't change their policies i want i want to quote another podcaster dan carlin who does one of my favorite podcasts hardcore history uh he's been doing a series recently on japan and he described the people of japan as the same as everyone else only more so. <laughs> I was fisting history. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. That works well on an audio medium. Thank you for that. I know, but it was for everybody else's faces. <laughs> no, but like, but I, I really appreciated that description because it fits very well with what you were just saying, Revolutionary. Uh, this yeah. idea that the West comes in and says, here's this thing that we tried and it seemed to work pretty okay for us. And Japan goes, cool, 120%. Mm-hmm. Like, And the Russians did the same thing. Huh. The, the Russians did the exact same thing. They have a greater, they have this, the people love to give to the state and the rich love to just make money. Right. I mean, and, and there is a huge disparity between the Ferrari, Lamborghini, Piaget watch wearing blah, 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 rich who live in Moscow and your average farmer. Piaget? I just picked the lowest a, lowest I brand mean, of watch I could pull, give them. Though. I mean, like, there's, there's a lot of other brands you could have gone to before Piaget was the one, but like, cool. Yeah. No, for the watch geeks out there, that's a good pull. Yeah. Um, but it's it's the whole idea there, you know. I mean, it's 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 that you know we we ex- they see our you know I was in China in 2007 and there were kids with you know in with dirt floors and Lamborghinis on their walls. 
And the way they were going to get that Lamborghini was that they were going to go work in industrial settings, not on the farms anymore, which then lowered the number of farms in China. And you don't want China to get hungry Hmm. from 93% back in the 80s down to like 89%, which is very bad or less by the year, by the late 2000s. Mm-hmm. And if China get hungry, China take over world. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a fun, that's a really interesting example. It's kind of poignant because uh, I saw a video today, and I forget who it was. I think it was O'Leary, O'Leary, Dennis O'Leary. Does that sound right? Dennis George? Leary. Oh no, O'Leary. Oh, football coach. No, no, no. Some some talk. He's talk dead on a television show. He's not dead. Um, oh, anyway, no, no, he's no, dead that, to that's, me. Not, oh. that's not the point. The point is. Um, he was asked by the person at the desk, uh, how do you feel about 85 people in the world owning as much as three and a half billion people in the world? And the guy goes, that's fantastic. Oh, this is the Shark Tank guy. Oh, that, that okay, that makes sense. Mark okay. Cuban? No, no Cuban? the other one. Yeah. The bald one. No, and, and he, his logic was... Kevin O'Leary. Kevin O'Leary, thank you. I knew it was no theory. Anyway, his logic was, well, if a bunch of kids out there who are poor see the billionaires owning all the stuff, well, they're just more motivated to go make more money and be the next billionaire. No. And it's like, my guy, let's talk at the ma- let's just just look at the math. 85 into three and a half billion means not a chance any one of those like there's a very real chance none of those three and a half billion people will ever have a billion dollars it's easy just go ask for a small loan of like a few million dollars from your dad from your then... father yep yep uh, library uh, it's four million from your father and then you lose all of that it, and but... then you parlay uh loans uh because they think you have money from deutsche bank yeah. and then you ask the librarian what's up next <laughs> My main point was that reeks of privilege. Yeah. See that and be like, oh, that's aspirational and not demoralizing. Then they can look at that and be like, oh, yeah, of course I could achieve that in my lifetime and not, you know, actually, the poor people are like, well, that means I'm completely screwed for the rest of the It's because they're looking from the short end of the funnel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, What what that man heard when he heard there's 85 85 people that own half as, uh, that own as much as half the world's population, what he heard was, what an interesting statistic. Yeah. He didn't he didn't comprehend the fact that there are three and a half billion people that live on less than one US dollar a day. Yeah. They don't have running water. They don't have clean drinking water. They barely have a house, if that. And when I say a house, I mean a structure with a roof, with a dirt floor. Like they're lucky if they have a permanent structure to call a home. And this guy goes, Oh, well, they can be aspirational. No, that's not Itch. how it That is not exactly. That is not how any of this works. And if you think that's reality, you're so far removed from it, your opinion doesn't matter. Ted Cruz, <laughs> Kevin O'Leary. <laughs> I'm trying to remember where I read it. Uh-oh. I'm trying to find it. I read something about that statement that he made because I saw that article yesterday or today. It was on. It was on Reddit today. Yeah. All right. Well, whatever. I, I read the thread and someone did put it in a perspective that made sense. It's not at all what he meant, but he did say it was a way how it could be framed as a good thing. 
and the only the fact that it's actually gotten better the distribution of wealth but it was it's a very it was a very like back in like the like 1800s 1900s the percentage is worse down money is a construct we all need to get past this yeah what he said basically it was should like be with, with serfdom things were worse now things are better than when hey, we were serfdom you, yeah exactly when we, when we weren't serfs yeah Debatable. here's something fun did you know a U.S. credit score means absolutely nothing any outside of the United States? Yep. Well, arbitrary bullshit. Yep. So Experion and all the others, your credit score means absolutely nothing. My perfect, my, my favorite thing about that is it didn't even exist until 1989. Yep. So everybody out there who the first thing that they lead with when they when they get onto the old uh, dating applications is their credit score. Uh, a stay away from them. Yeah. And B, it's meaningless. No, 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 no. Here's the thing about it, right? I, and I, I kind of connected these knots the other day and it really kind of resonated in my in, inside my own headspace. Credit scores were created by the by the generation that have created all of the problems we currently manifest. And they benefited greatest from it because they were able to exist outside of that system until they had established wealth and then they could establish credit. Yep. It's all horseshit. Yeah. Because if you start with nothing, you cannot build credit. I I have two credit cards. I've been trying to get a third just to have a variety of accounts because I'm told I need to have anywhere between six and eleven. What? No, no, that's what Credit Karma says. If I want to increase my scores, I have too few credit accounts. Yeah, yeah. tell me the same as well. So I've been trying. Right. So I've been trying to get more credit cards, basic level stuff. No, I'm I'm not talking like the pay a deposit you got to pay it off every month i'm talking like an actual credit card lines of credit right thank you and i think the reason i keep getting denied is i don't make enough money i do not i do not have enough income for creditors to open lines of credit in my name which is insane i have a 100 payment record yep I have and that's never the problem. Missed a payment in my life. So, so here's a fun one. So, I saw a uh, a person the other day who was <laughs> touting, who was touting on the fact that they uh, that they just paid their house off, and they uh, like thir- 25 years ahead of schedule. Good for them. And I'm like, oh, your your uh, your credit score is going to take a dive. And they went, what? I'm like, yeah, because now it doesn't show you have a payment history, and now you have a house, which is an asset. Which does not help with debits. Yep. 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 That's why they say don't ever pay off if you if you have to use a credit card. Don't ever pay it all off immediately, nope. unless you plan on immediately putting something back on it. You want to the the going and 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 ready to the craziness that is the credit score. The going theory is you need to carry a thirty percent balance on your card at all times. Yep. Why? That's not true. That's <laughs> not true. Bullshit. That's bull. That's bull. No, that's why I called it the going theory because that is literally yeah. what every every system that tells you yeah. how to improve your credit score says that. Yeah. Obviously, well, we know why because because they want you there. to have credit because they're making money off of it. Correct. They make they make profit off their off the interest. Sorry, I don't hear you at all, librarian. Try again. Go ahead. Go ahead, librarian. It was an anti-consumerist, right? We don't we don't have time. For no, that. no, no. That's what we're here for. <laughs> 
because you don't have value in the system unless you're constantly consuming things. So they convince you that you need to have the credit cards and they, they hold it over your head and they, get, they are able to use it to keep you down if you can't get the credit because you need to buy things. Yep, facts. I don't know who was next. <laughs> okay. I'll just inform it. All right, then I'll go. Sure. I was going to say, not all credit is equal either because I when I first started out on my own, I got a Discover card because it's they accept everybody basically. Yep. And so I had no credit. So I had a Discover card to start building credit. And then when I went to buy my first car, um, they said, oh, your credit score is okay, but you only have a Discover card. Those are basically glorified debit cards. So you need more lines of credit. And I had to have a guarantor because my credit wasn't good enough. Yeah. But the fun part is, is that, you know, the system is built on consumerism as librarian said and and it's built on this idea that you have to have um you know things like mortgages and car loans which then keeps the majority of people that can't get a mortgage or buy land or get a car loan out of the game bingo yep right and i you know yeah and that's what happens that's being just gonna say it's Sometimes not having to worry about all of this, all of the payments and all of that, a lot easier to just be broke as a joke like me. Yeah. But not you have can't build wealth. And that's the, the problem here. You can't build wealth. The challenge with yep. that is access to more expensive assets, like a nice yep. vehicle that always works and has power steering, is taken cool. from. <laughs> it, it's it's no, but what I'm saying steering. is. It's literally being taken from you because you cannot get credit. Mm -hmm. It's it is it's such a heinous system. But especially when you consider how people got loans in the '60s in the United States, a, a nice-looking, well-dressed white couple walks into a bank and leaves with a six thousand-dollar line of credit, and now yep. they have a house. That's it. Yep. That's all it was. There was nothing fancy about it. Dude walks in, he shaved that morning, so he's looking nice. He's got the aftershave on. Banker's looking at him, going, "This is an upstanding gentleman." He gets money. Has the right. Oh, yep. Yes. There's, right there's, there there's just something, something about him that just kind of resonates with me a little bit. You know, it's fine. He's, he seems like an upstanding kind of guy. I like the cut of his jib, right. Jim. And, you know, like, but that's just it. Like for the longest time, it was arbitrary, which is bad for a lot of reasons. Um, but what we've done instead is we've quantified the arbitrary. And now it's bad for a lot more reasons. So we've taken steps backwards. Because you can't have the haves if you don't have the have-nots. <laughs> yes. Scarcity derives value. If everyone when we have, live, it has no value. When we live in a world of abundance. Yep. There is no real scarcity. I mean, we just keep passing the same stuff around over and over again since the dawn of time. Indeed. There is no scarcity. And I think that, that if more of us would, would take a stand on that <laughs> rather than, oh, look at my new Rolex, which it's doesn't keep our, good time. <laughs> our, entire, our entire society, the, the American identity is derived around false scarcity. If we truly acknowledge the fact that we can put a roof over every single American's head today and it would cost us nothing. If we could really wrap our heads around that thought 
and stop profiteering on things like a living place, our society would collapse. And those at the top who need it to maintain the way it is can't abide that. And I'm going to take you to break on this one. Ah. So uh, again, baby Marco put out another Facebook post on his, uh, on his senatorial page touting how children, young people, were helping a veteran by building him a new house. Now, it was a Habitat to Humanity project. He didn't mention Habitat to human for Humanity. Um, because that's a democratic thing because of Jimmy Carter was the creator of that charity who still goes out and hammers nails at 90, God, how many years he old is 95. he? 95. 95. Um, but uh, he, you know, so it was, it was a Habitat for Humanity, and he was touting how wonderful, how these children are giving back their service to our veterans. Now, here's the problem. If our veterans were taken care of for being veterans, then they wouldn't need children to build them houses by a non-governmental organization who makes them a loan to which 75% of them rescind or, or, or fail that loan. And those houses are then sold by Habitat with their, for Humanity. How are they supposed to build their credit without it though? <laughs> oh man, the stories my dad could tell about veterans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that was the majority of the people who wrote in. They're like, uh, you know, there, a lot of the a lot of the non-constituents said things like, you know, uh, hey, you know, Marco, thanks for standing up for vets. You know, we know you're behind us. And then the constituents were like, hey, moron. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you realize you're 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 saying how poorly you're doing your job and taking care of our veterans by saying this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to leave you with that. Uh, let's head off to break. Uh, and then I'm probably going to leave during our break because <laughs> I, I just got a notification on my phone that I'm supposed to be in bed. It says, good <laughs> evening. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. So, well, yeah. we do appreciate you uh, tuning in. Hey, drop, I- drop it in. Yep. Drop, <laughs> drop him by. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go walk on a volcano tomorrow. Okay. I, Just don't fall in. I yeah. swear. I feel like you actually aren't there because I haven't seen a single freaking volcano picture. So. Well, the volcano is uh, is is south of of me by uh, a, a distance, and so and it's not easy to get to uh, actually. So, okay, and also well, it's been not also it's been not active for the past several days. It, it kind of went. Oh quiet. no. So it just became not quiet. So that's why I'm very hopeful for tomorrow. So, or today, okay. later on today. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to pass this off over to the comrade. And I will see you all next time. Bye. You are listening to One Man Revolution with your host, the revolutionary. And the comrade. And the informant. And the thespian. And the librarian. We need a new recording for when the revolutionary is not here. No, it's the whole thing. It's no, it's sure. he's, and and when the revolutionary is away, the rest of us will play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot to get another drink. <laughs> but there is a cat. So instead, so you grabbed a cat. <laughs>
<laughs> and crack open this cat. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh this this half of the show, uh I have a PBR. Very nice. What do you have? Oh, you don't have you have a cat informant. I have a domestic short hair. Um, <laughs> it's it's a bit hoppy. Now which one is that one? This is Whitey. Whitey, okay. Yeah, is he a all right. Uh, cat? A little bit. He's the laziest of all of them. A little Sorry, bit. Sorry, that was a terrible um, joke. It was. Uh, um, <laughs> I have another Coors um, followed up waiting, uh, um, which I just cracked open for the second half. Another Coors. So here we go. We've got that. I do also have a dog in my lap, um, but I don't want to have to readjust my camera. So you don't get to see her. So that's Luna down there. Librarian, what do you have? And I am drinking more of my gas station wine. Excellent. If you don't drink the whole bottle tonight, you're just a quitter. I mean, it's probably not happen. Yeah. I mean, sure. You know, the, the best thing about opening a bad bottle of wine is knowing you get to drink it quickly because you don't need to worry about how it tastes. Yep. <laughs> and also not working tomorrow. Also no. not working tomorrow. Yes, certainly. I don't think the informant wants any, so it's all me. I know, yep. I know. There you go. It's up to you. <laughs> Here's your one chance, Fancy. Don't let me down. Oh, no, so much pressure. You have one shot, one opportunity. Bob spaghetti. So I do have Bob's a question spaghetti. for I have a question for the informant and the librarian here. I, I noticed a fun news article today in the Slack chat regarding butt monkey. Regarding the butt monkey, the rainbow <laughs> dildo butt monkey, who was apparently meant to entertain children. Yes. Read the Where is this? Before I respond, <laughs> it's in the news. I saw the article yesterday, and I talked to the librarian about it, but I couldn't remember what the actual like animal was supposed to be. And then I saw the article just, again today, so I quickly posted it in in our group chat just so just, I wouldn't forget. The, I love the fact that there is a headline that oh has the words "rainbow dildo butt monkey." Yes. In in the text, like that's incredible. Oh, oh, it's from London. That explains it's from London. Okay. This is what happens okay. with Brexit. Is you can't bring in whatever like the other EU characters are. So you're left with Rainbow Dildo Butt Monkey. Uh, <laughs> so what I can add to the whole situation is, ah. you know, from the U.S. Oh, perspective my. at least, when it comes to library programs, especially children programs, is they have to be vetted by all sorts of upper management of libraries and there's a code of conduct and everything and it just when I, when he told me the story yesterday i'm like I, I don't believe that like that's there's no way that would have gotten through so many <laughs> and then it's like oh it's to the uk i'm like okay well they have different laws you know different rules about it but basically like if that were to have it would never happen in america if they follow the same like structure that my library is that no it would be more of like a grayscale blow-up doll so, so what it was, based on what I'm reading, is they hired a performance group to yeah. do a kid's event. For oh, a, it's art. It is art. 
And the, it wasn't just the rainbow dildo butt monkey. It was a whole group of other characters. Yeah. One of them just happened to be the rainbow dildo butt monkey. And they had no idea that he was part of the... <laughs> and a surprise guest, the yeah. rainbow dildo butt monkey. So they have now sent out an apology <laughs> of the children that had to witness this. My personal favorite thing about it, and, and I will include a link to this in the show notes, is that they literally just put a dildo on the outside of this? It's like a monster. The nipples. Yeah. 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 The nipple. The nipples are there. The rainbow hair is there. But there's also just a human phallus, just a dangle. Not sure why they thought the dildo was necessary. <laughs> there's a lot of different forms of a dildo they could have used that could have been more arguably artistic in the context. But no, it's just a white dude's dick. It's well, it's a rainbow dude's dick. We it's, don't know. It's not a rainbow dick, though. It's a pink dick. Chin right. It should have glitter and like it should have like, what, like glitter. It should shoot confetti. That's what that needs to do. Is at the very end, just like <laughs> confetti everywhere. There's, there's also non-human anatomy phallic symbols that they could have used it's that like, would have been a little bit more excusable, I think. It's a giant child confetti bukkake. Oh, like a turtle oh stick? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> In all seriousness. End the show. In all seriousness. <laughs> You're welcome for the show title. That'll get people to really pay attention to the podcast. Oh my god. Child confetti bukkake. Okay. But in all seriousness, the reason why like articles like this get picked up though is because a lot of libraries are trying to expand some of their programming. And one of the things that's been constantly under fire is the idea of a drag queen um, uh, story time. And oh. Trying to equate this to, which is not equatable in any, any, any words, but the idea is that libraries are trying to um, expand and bring in third parties to you know keep interest in their programs and stuff. Mm -hmm. and so be out of the realm of possibility for a, a children's library and to be like i want to incorporate like a brightly colored mascotted person and that's probably where the logic was that was behind that they just didn't do their research but the reason why this article is being shared by like the tampa bay times or whatever is because they're trying to draw a parallel between the moral panic behind having drag queens post story times yeah and because the, the drag queens who have done story times, basically they show up in their drag persona with all of like the, the makeup and the costume, but they're not doing an adult performance, which is what drag mm -hmm. normally is. They do a child friendly, just they're literally just in a dude in a costume yeah. in, in, in his makeup. Right. A book. Right. There's such, they want to, they just want to make it seem like we're, you know, pushing a, a queer agenda on the youth by having introducing this into a program, which is why I mentioned with our library, that would never happen. Right. Because there's so many vetted processes that they wouldn't even consider having something that could be construed as that. Well, know. remember also that like the concept of a queer agenda is acceptance of people who are not straight. Yeah. And like, if, if, if all we're trying to do is say, hey, if you're not straight, that's okay. I'm all for pushing a queer agenda because guess what? Not everyone's straight. Not everyone's cisgendered. It's really straightforward. And yeah. the fact, and, and, and this, this it, it comes back to the classic false narrative from, from the right in particular 
that there is only one kind of America, one like air quotes, one kind of America. And if you are not of that America, you're trying to destroy that America. Uh, yes, absolutely. The modern world has no place for bigotry, racism, and phobia, and, and transphobic, and homophobic, and all those other phobias. There's mm-hmm. no place for that. Everyone is human. We all have a place in this world. And uh, if you try to exclude people from it just because you don't like what they are or who they are, tough. The world has no place for you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's To that point, um, yeah. it would also mean that uh, aggressive and uh, un- unworkable uh, uh, work environments, um, unsafe work environments and stuff like that should not be tolerated either which brings me to a thing that i read today has anybody heard about the frito-lay strike that's happening in topeka kansas i've heard a little bit of what's going on so i read um they the um topeka capital journal posted an article that was an opinion piece from the workers of the frito-lay um uh factory there or uh line what i'm not quite sure what they call it there um so uh they just listed all of the terrible work conditions that they had and because apparently management had said that they were shocked that everybody went on strike um so it's never a shock (laughs) No. The list is extensive. Um, we do have a little bit of time, if any. You know, cut me I, off. I, if, if, I do have one question before we delve too deeply into this. Do we know yes. if that factory is unionized? Uh, I don't know if this one is, but they do have unionized factories within, because it mentions it within this list. So, okay, here, here it goes. Um, well, I there's a. It, I'll just read the whole thing. Dear Frito-Lay, so you are shocked that your employees voted to strike for the first time at this plant. I'm shocked you are so out of touch with your employees you didn't see this coming. The storm has been brewing for years. It began when you started giving lump sums instead of raises, when you lowered wages for new hires coming in, when you supported an iron-fisted management that has created a toxic work environment. Here are a few examples making us work in dense smoke and fumes during and during and after a fire, because as you stated, it's just smoke. Informant, do you have a question? I was just, I just looked it up. Um, oh, okay. 850 workers are work there. Um, 600 are members of the local 218. I'm going to guess that's three. Most are yeah. not. The, but, but, but the statement, are you surprised that we voted to strike implies union organization? Yeah. Perhaps. However, the second point is what really got me. When a coworker collapsed and died, you had us move the body and put in another coworker to keep the line going. Mm-hmm. Yep. During the COVID-19 lockdown, a coworker's father passed away in another state. You told her since there wasn't a funeral, she didn't qualify for bereavement time. She had to take off two of her own personal days to grieve. Um, We worked during the entire COVID-19 quarantine while office personnel worked from home. We didn't get hazard pay, bonuses, rewards, or recognition. We worked through the deep freeze, struggling to keep warm, everything running, 
getting forced over and into the weekend again, while an upper management received recognition award for award for his dedication to come in on his weekend to keep our plant running. Uh, how you fill our warehouse with carts of cardboard and product blocking walkways, exits, and work areas, OSHA, when we point out it's not safe, you shrug your shoulders and say, it's push week. I can't. Um, the, the fact that you offer paternity leave to all employees except those at union plants. Oh. Uh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, your negotiator told us that it isn't that Frito-Lay can't afford to give us raises. It's that he is here to protect the stockholder investments. Bingo. Ooh, so they were transparent. They said the, the, the quiet. No, no publicly traded company can hide that fact from its employees. Oh, and I did. I accidentally skipped everyone. How you bring in inexperienced temporary mm -hmm. drivers leading into two injuries one of the major and numerous accidents, including to hit a hit to a major structure beam, bending it and damaging the forklift. Yikes. Yeah. So um, it goes on. Um, well, what strikes me about all of that is a lot of those things that they're describing are places that I've worked. Yep. Like stuff is like that has happened at workplaces that I've been at. And it's like, mm -hmm. we could probably come up with a manifesto with that too. The difference is for for whatever reason, this particular workforce all came together mm -hmm. and decided collectively to say, you know what? We've had enough. We all recognize that working here is actively shortening our lives and, and the compensation for that is actively being denied and it's unsustainable. And, and I think that like, I'm really frustrated with how few lessons companies have learned in COVID and like the whole work from home thing and how remarkable that has been for people's personal lives, for people's commutes, for the environmental impact, all that's been thrown out the window. But what was learned and has stuck around is employees figured out that we have a lot more leverage than companies ever let us believe we did. And uh, for the first time in a very long time, People collectively, not not, um, not 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 in a, in a in an organized sense, but employees collectively have decided, yeah, this ain't for me, dog. I'm out. I'm gonna go get paid more somewhere else. I'm gonna go work for a company that lets me work from home. I don't care where the headquarters are, and they don't either. If I'm available to get the work done, I'm gonna do it. They're gonna pay me for it. Apple had a whole big fallout with its employees this week about hmm. its hardline stance on people working from, from headquarters. I don't care if you spent $10 billion on your headquarters. If I can work from Nevada and pay Nevada property tax and Nevada property rates and have an employer in California and make California income, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Like it's really basic math. And the companies that aren't embracing that are the ones that are going to lose in the next decade. Uh, Thespin, I think is that you had your hand up. Um, I did, but I have done forgot what I was going to say. So, but informant had his hand up first. Oh, I, I was going to say, this is like, there was a Burger King in Lincoln, Nebraska this week that had all of their employees. They put out a sign in the front saying, we all quit. Sorry for the inconvenience. And then they left. Yep. Uh, ironically. Love it. Not true. <laughs> what? That's not, that's not actually what happened. Aww. Um, Everyone took their lunch break at the same time. 
and the manager, the shift manager, the general manager of the store, sorry, thought it would be funny to do that. So they oh, did. No. And then the manager was fired, and the store was up and running later that afternoon. Oh, boo. Yeah, you're right. I'm reading it right so, now. So very fun in <laughs> concepts. In reality, yeah. no. So we're immediately booed. Oh, no. Wait. Do we want to talk about like fast food places that have closed? Because this, there's no this, places around us that have. This one may be different from what you're talking about, uh, Conrad, because they are all saying they've all put in their two weeks and they'll be leaving. They they now have, yes, because oh. the manager was fired for the thing. But but the, the store was actually closed for a minute and it was closed because they were just all on lunch break. Right, which and, and the general manager thought it would be funny to say we all quit. But they didn't actually. And now they all will because Burger King said no, we won't we won't abide that. That was a that was an unfunny joke. Yes. We, manager. we cannot tolerate humor from our store managers. You're done. Working at a job. We haven't been able to do that since like, the 90s. Uh, we always make those jokes of like, yeah, we're just gonna walk out and never like open. Like what what what's gonna happen to us? Like I, right. I've definitely been in like uh, definitely had that, you know, joking thing going. I, what would happen if we did something like that? So, so I have had that that experience. Um, it's, my last like four months at Pier One. Right. It was lovely. I got to tell people no. I got to kick them out of the store if they didn't wear a mask. No for absolutely everything. Yep. It was, oh, so great. I flipped a lady off. I remember doing that once. She flicked me off first, but like, first. I, you know, I was hey. like, what are you going to do? We're closing. I'm losing my job whenever. If it happens tomorrow, I was kind of expecting it to. Right. Happen, yeah. you know? but, but she who flicks the first bird received two in kind. Yes. <laughs> well, it's just the one. It's just the one. No, but, but, but I, so I've had this, I, I think every, every, a modern American hourly worker has had the fantasy of what well, we what if we all just quit? What if we all just not quit? What if we all just took a week off together at the same time? What if we went on strike? Management doesn't approve it. No, not not a strike. We all just go on vacation. For Management week. doesn't approve it. And for to some people, whoever puts it in first gets right. the priority and then but, it gets denied. And no, if no, they don't come not, in, then it falls on the people who were scheduled. Not what I'm saying. Know what I'm saying? I'm saying everyone. Everyone has had those thoughts. Everyone. Has had those conversations. Everyone has been like, "Hey, well, what if? What if?" So, so, <laughs> so here's the funny bit, right? Right. Uh, American uh, capitalism has created an, a work environment where every employee should be no more than a cog in a machine, which means you are very easy to remove and replace. Yep. If you leave, we can get another one that can do the same thing as you, but for less money because they've been around less time. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of factory workers like those free to lays employees um, realize that. And the only way they have any power is when they work in a, in a, in a collective. Um, I work in a slightly more specialized industry uh, where um, what I do every day, I have legal, I have personal legal liability for every word I say to every person in my office, it can cost me $30,000 out of my own pocket if I get something wrong. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you can hire some schmuck to show up and fill in some time between nine and five, sure. But can that schmuck run the processes that I do? 
No. Um, I'm also in the unique position where I designed a lot of the systems that keep my, my business running, mm-hmm. which means I, I know how to break them. <laughs> so, so go rogue. No, people can't just be replaced. But part of that process also requires everyone else in the same office to, to, to realize the same thing at the same time. I have a lot of qualms with with how my business is run. I have a lot of qualms with how the employer treats the employee. And I've expressed these concerns to the only person who I can speak to, my direct report. And all I'm ever told is that's just the way things are. Mm, yeah. And and I and I understand that re- I understand that reply because that reply comes from a group of people who have been raised in the expectation that showing up, working hard, doing the right thing is going to get you money. And you're not taught to think in any other way. And the only way to think alternatively is to recognize that the system you've developed, you've devoted every waking moment from 18 years old on is broken and flawed and your efforts have been wasted. Uh, I came to that realization a long time ago when my pay was not, in, was not commensurate to my skill. Mm-hmm. But I don't think a lot of Americans realize just how much work they are doing and how little they're being paid for it. I think that's that's the real linchpin is we have too many people who don't realize their worth because the system is designed to hide that worth from you. Uh, and, and there's there's a lot of we're very lucky that there's a lot of people who can hyper specialize and hyper specialization creates increase in pay because it's more difficult to replace that person. But um, with AI processes, with AI systems being developed. A lot of rudimentary aspects of, of shit. Look at computer science as a field um, informant. You have a little bit of experience in that. Um, I do. A, a lot of rudimentary computer processes can be automated now. Code can yeah. be written on its own. You can write a system to create its own code, or you can automate a process like uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Squarespace. <laughs> where instead of instead of being able to instead of having to know how to create a website. You can pay somebody a fee and they'll, they'll give you uh, a very shitty product, but it's a better looking it's, product than you would have even otherwise. It's not even that. Squarespace is you pay and you create it yourself, but they all you have to do is basically drag and drop. Where exactly. You want. Yeah. exactly. So, so they've baked the code into drag and drop modules instead of requiring somebody to know how to build a website. It's shitty. Right. Well, very unoptimized. But look, if, if you don't have the time to learn how to develop a web page or you don't know who to call to do it or you can't afford to pay somebody who knows what the hell they're doing you go to the place where you can drag and drop and build your own website over a weekend no but it works i've had a few clients before that have come to us for websites and then we build one we manage it for a few years and then when it comes time to because with websites you really want to be upgrading them every few years Okay. You don't want to have a website for too long and keep it the same. And it'll become time for that to upgrade or they want to change some stuff. And then they realize, oh, we can just do it ourselves for way cheaper. And then they just say, we're not going to come back to you. We're going to do it ourselves. And they try to basically remake the website in something like Squarespace. Right. But they don't know what they're doing. So it's usually not nearly as good. And then a few years later, they come back to us and say, hey, we wanted, we want you to do it again. 
or they usually what they'll do is they'll find another company that's not us that does it for cheaper because yeah but it, yeah so it, it is there it's not usually as good of a product as what you're going to get for paying someone what it's really worth but it yet you through for at least a while until you realize that hey you get what you pay for exactly well so yeah so the, you get what you pay for is a thing uh, go ahead this one you're muted you're muted Good. you're muted <laughs> fine whatever i'm there listening to my own self um <laughs> uh so i'm i'm just curious like how much does that cost like if let's say i wanted to create a website for my pet sitting business it would literally have a page for about me my services and like maybe a, a web a calendar that can show when i'm booked and like the opportunity to book an appointment what it, kind of it very much depends on <clears throat> who you go to about it if you go to someone who's doing freelance it'll be cheaper than going to a company that can do it mm. um and it depends on how how um, complex the, the site you're trying to do is. Like you said, if you want a page or a site that's just a few pages of text and information, then not really any functionality other than that. It's not going to be that cheap or that expensive, but it's still probably going to be for having a company do it a few thousand dollars. Shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I think I think was I not think... expecting that number. I just like. No, no one but ever also, does. This is literally just like me for my own little tiny pet sitting yeah. that I get. Like I try, I make twenty five dollars a day on this dog. I don't need a thousand dollar website. So that's yeah. what I say. If you go to a freelancer, you could probably get it for cheaper, but you may not get someone who's going to do. At that point, it's just like I don't really think that there's a need for me to. I have my own damn calendar, and people just talk to me for like a small single person like mm -hmm. business that you do your own thing that's where stuff like squarespace and that really excels yep okay. that's where like i can do it myself all i need to do is have this and this and this that has the text that they need to learn about what i do yeah what i what i work for or what i the companies i worked for usually handle businesses like we've done i've done restaurant websites i've done hotel websites i've done i've done a a website for a, a cellular network service and consumer cellular no i i won't say oh. the name of the guy i don't even think the company is around anymore but oh that's a singular wireless it was, it was very similar to singular wireless it was a small regional cellular network Dubular wireless but uh but i mean those websites i mean some of them i've seen quotes it's like 30 grand for a website because that was a website the wireless company was we had to have different information depending on where you were because they service multiple areas um and and we had so we had to build the framework so that if you were looking at it in let's say the navajo nation it's it's a different pricing point than if you were looking at it, looking at it in virgin islands right okay service both of those that this is a real example so if if you look at that like you're gonna have, you have to have it so that it, depending on where you picked it has different information then this also takes into effect the, the time to design it the time to build it the time to troubleshoot it test it host it there's a lot of things that people think it's the same with game development you see a lot of people saying like it shouldn't take that much it's just why don't they 
fix the code. Just go in there and flip the switch that that makes what's broken not broken. Uh, no, I. Can why don't they just quickly add this like thing that we all want? It should be easy as just saying like plop it in there. It's like I mean, but that's that's the same thing as like my car is making a funny noise. I'll just get an oil change. Yeah, so right? like, it's not how this works. A lot of people that go into these things, that it's not. You gotta attack me like that. <laughs> person who has like all the knowledge to do everything at once. You have to have at least for websites and and games, a designer for games purposes, someone who can model it, someone who can code it, someone who can uh, testing is a big one. You have usually, especially in game development, there's a lot of testing that has to be involved. You have a lot of testers. Yeah, it was a tester. And each one of them, and, and you're putting, like each person may, let's say, put only an hour or two into the product. But when you multiply that by like the 15 people, that's- That's how you get eight minutes of credits. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but you're like, yeah, I mean, I mean, to, to the informant's point, like basically what you're paying for isn't just the build, it isn't just the final product. There's a lot of stuff that goes behind it. And most importantly is the human time it took for those people to hone their skills to be able to do what they do as fast as they do it and as well as they do. No, absolutely. You know, like so I'm, I'm not saying. No, I'm, not, like, I'm, not, I'm not targeting you with that. That was just, just like, a shocking number. I was just. Yeah. But well, that's because you're not expecting a lot of functionality out of a website. You just want a place where people can get your info. And just remember MySpace and do it. If, do in a search. And then sure. Copy and Librarian. Paste. If I can segue that, there's a lot of like hidden knowledge and stuff that people don't necessarily like, think about when they go to their local library and they ask a librarian how to do things. It's like, sure, people get really uh, surprised when they find out that a lot of librarians on staff have to have master's degrees to do what they do. Now, we can argue about whether or not they actually need them, but th the point is, is that there's a whole bunch of knowledge that they have to do the thing, to basically just tell somebody how to use a computer. And when you look at it from what they do day to day, you look at their like their, the labor and the value that they bring to the library. They're like, oh, well, you're not doing anything. You're not, you know, you're not, you know, you're not inventing anything. You're not, you know, building anything. You're just telling people how to do things. It's like, yes. However, you should still be compensated for the knowledge that you have. Hmm. And that's a huge problem that a lot of libraries are dealing with because some libraries are unionized, but not all of them are. When, when we live in a world of hyper-specialization, production is a very small part of the actual labor force. Mm -hmm. Curation, librarians, artists, museums, whatever, is this is a significantly greater portion of the workforce but than creation no. well yeah exactly like it's it's production is easy to quantify right mm -hmm. this amount of labor create requires this amount of time to make this product the product costs this amount to create it costs that much to sell profit margin super simple boom 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 done curation though requires honing experience general knowledge uh plus storage capacity you have to have the ability to physically store the information you're trying to to curate and that's books or or a digital database or whatever right like you have to have there's human resources and physical resources required just to maintain these things and and i think that's where a lot of businesses in america are, are falling short 
and it will lead to the downfall of the economy as we all understand it today. Uh, when you when you look at the 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 human requirements for for a business and see that as a cost and not a resource, you have failed. Your human beings are a resource. They can do like so. I've been thinking about this a lot recently because I, I'm rather disgruntled. And when I become disgruntled, I start becoming pedantic about work. Uh-huh. And um, I finally put it into these words. A good business pays its employees enough to leave and treats them well enough they don't want to. Yeah. Because, and, we, and we've talked about this on the show in the past, modern American uh, uh, capitalism has created what we like to call wage slavery. Yes. I pay you enough money to afford your bills, to buy some beer, to have a party on the weekends every couple of months, maybe take a vacation once a year. But I do not pay you enough to save money. I don't pay you enough to leave town. I don't pay you enough to really take time away and appreciate the separation of work and life. Yeah. I, I pay you just enough that you question whether you could make this much money somewhere else. And what that does is it creates a captive workforce. And the, exp- the expanded unemployment benefits during COVID and the shift in workforce mentality has shown that that mentality only works when everyone says, yeah, I guess that's just how it is. Yeah, I've, I'm seeing that a lot with a lot of my old friends who worked for a particular theme park in the area mm. who got laid off right away. They're just, I don't care. I'm going to say <laughs> it's the mouse. <laughs> but so the, it's, the, you know, the whole mentality, though, of like wage slavery of keeping them just well enough that they can afford what they're doing, but they can never aspire to beyond that because they're just stuck in the way they are. And they get, you know, brainwashed and convinced with all the perks that they get with their job that it's worth staying. But then you get the people who want more than that. And they, they're, they're, just, they're just stuck. Yep. And yep. then, of course, the, you know, the pandemic, of course, you know, threw a lot of people's plans out of, you know, out of whack. And they're like, well, I can't afford to stay here anymore. I have yep. to go home, wherever home was, you know, throughout the country. And uh, there's other like, countries. other Or other countries, yes. But just like seeing that, you know, disillusionment, like just having this dream that this was my dream to do this and it just got pulled away from them they're just like oh maybe i need to reevaluate what my what my kids are supposed to be right but i i think i think to that point having like like if all else fails having the option to leave right is a thing is a luxury a lot of people don't have yeah you don't have a family home to go back to if your family home is too far that you can't reach it with your budget, uh, you know, like just that, right. Or even forgetting all of that, say you just want to relocate because you're sick of where you live and you want to find a new place and a new job. You need six grand. Yep. 
you know, from basics, right? If you're doing everything yourself, you're, you're loading up your own U-Haul, you're driving that U-Haul all the way across from one state to the next or whatever. And then you got to pay for the new living accommodations wherever you're at. Yeah. First and last week, you know, last month's rent, you got to be Plus able to deposit. So you need three months rent, you know, like that and everything else on top of it, like moving is hella expensive. <laughs> and, and if it takes, if all you can save and your average monthly paycheck is 10% of what you make. Mm-hmm. It takes you a year to save up one month's income. Yep. Which means to save up enough money to move, you need five years of work with no surprise expenses of any kind. And life doesn't work that way either. Well, yeah, right. Expenses. T- tell me the last five-year stretch of time where you had no surprise expenses. Oh, my God. How right. many- yeah, exactly. Let me just set myself on fire right Just now. this year alone, yeah. Between, like, cat medical bills, personal medical bills, like... Right, yeah. <laughs> right. So if all, you, if, if all the average American can save, if you can save anything at all, is 10% of your paycheck. Yeah. There is no way to get out from where, where you are right now. You are in a rut. And that's, you know, I, from personal experience, that's, that's exactly a, where I sit. It's a, 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 it's not a self-imposed, what's the opposite librarian of self-imposed? Forced? Forced rut? Medically opposed, maybe? A, a, system, a systematic. It's systemic. 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 A systemic rut. Yeah. And the system is capitalism. Right, yeah. I can see what you're going. It's not it's not you doing it. It's society and the system that's Yeah. Crazy. Like the rut is not your it's not your fault. Not your fault. <laughs> not your fault. <laughs> not your fault. No, but that, that that's exactly it, right? Like these are things that are are far beyond the average wage worker to do anything about. We can vote, but we're voting about, you know, who seems to be the least corrupt in their amount of corporate donation income we can we can cross our fingers and hope that we get some minor level of representation in our local government we can hope that we don't elect a joel greenberg we can hope that we don't elect a, a ron DeSantis. we can hope that we don't elect a marco rubio or a, oh shit um no we elected all those people people are from florida why are we wanting to make america florida <laughs> right well i mean we're doing so good so far uh, but but th- but that's exactly my point right like when uh, yeah, I mean, you know, a, a viewer here moving this, he's moving, I believe he's moving cities uh, within the state, but still a pretty big move. Uh, quote, you need so much money on hand, it's dumb. Yeah. And it is. And again, employers, a good employer pays its people enough that they feel uh, enabled to take those choices and handle them in the way that is best for them emotionally or physically or whatever. But then you treat them well enough that their their living circumstances and their employment circumstances want make them want to stay. And uh, the vast majority of Americans do not have any say in that. Yeah. You work a job as long as you can until you can't take it anymore and you're, you have a crisis. You quit that job, you find another job, and you, you hope it pays the same, if not a little bit more. And if you happen to make a little bit more, you're lucky, and you just go right back to square one. There's no moving up. There's no moving forward. Uh, and, and I have a strong feeling, and I'm, I'm speaking from a, from a non-salaried employee's perspective, but I have a strong feeling the vast majority of salaried employees are experiencing a very similar crisis right now. Yeah. 
and uh, there's there's no there is no solution within the system that has created this problem. No, there's not. But when it comes to the future of changing the the the, the system, people can't agree on what needs to be changed. Exactly. That's exactly. And 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 a lot of it and a lot of that comes down to the disagreement as to what the core problem is. Yes. The left says the problem is one thing, the right says the problem is another. And if we can't even agree on basic necessities of human life, we can't improve. No. Um, not 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 in, not in a in a quote unquote bipartisan way. Uh, and to the Democrats' credit, this week they announced a program that it's like a three and a half trillion dollar expenditure bill that they're just going to cram through. They're they're going to the, the House can do it, the Senate can force a vote, and we know the tiebreakers are going to go to the Democrats, and Biden will sign it if if the Democrats and the Senate have the balls to all do it together. But we need all of the Demo- all of the Senates, all of the Senate Democrats to march to the same beat and, and there's a couple do because a lot of them are not willing to do that and it's really yeah because well, keep- mo- most of them are but there are a couple that aren't and and uh i i honestly i i want this to i want this to go through i want it to happen we need it to happen because i want to see what happens when a party says forget politics we're doing stuff we're just gonna do stuff and we're gonna see if it works and and the naysayers on the other side are going to be like, oh my God, it's $5 trillion. We're all going to, everything's going to blow up. Look, we're $30 trillion in debt as a nation. We're not going to see another $3 trillion. We're, we're not going to experience it. We already don't experience $30 trillion in debt. We don't. Nobody knows what that means. We can't comprehend the number. It doesn't matter. Bezos, and we can get that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, unfortunately, that is uh 30 no 300 times more money than he has so <laughs> so him and elon musk and whoever the other third one is that's trying to go to space Tax richard those- virgin dick virgin dick virgin motherfuckers <laughs> we got uh, jeff jeff amazon tim apple jeff amazon uh, dick virgin uh, elon cologne and bill uh, microsoft <laughs> which one do you pick <laughs> all of them tax them all to hell no windows death. um damn it my head was up and i wanted to say something and i forgot um it's your moment shine <laughs> but there- i don't know what i was gonna say <laughs> i can't remember cares? <laughs> um, we have a lot of this money to do these pro to fund these programs they're supposed yeah. to fund everybody else but everyone just doesn't want to do that and it's really frustrating yeah. what's what's frustrating is when we say well we don't have enough money for food stamps we don't have enough money to increase minimum wage but we definitely have enough money to spend 800 billion dollars a year on dod we definitely have enough money to give amazon tax credit tax cuts all that like so we gave go ahead sorry we're choosing not to have the money for these programs exactly and then we get angry when these programs don't work. And then we say, well, government is, big government is failing us because they're not able to provide us for what we need, but we're, they're just not able to give the money where it needs to be. Right. It's frustrating because you just need to tax the rich. <laughs> so so that brings an interesting question that I've just created in my head. Um, 
All right. So I just got into this year, the tax bracket of being taxed Um, below poverty. Like I'm out of poverty. Yay. (laughs) Finally. Um, Hooray. So I finally had to pay taxes. Damn it. Um, So I think I paid like under $200 in taxes. Um, So I'm (laughs) thinking like, you know, it was where it was kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, thank God Question. I actually, what? Don't you do a lot of um, contract work so it's not pre-tax withdrawn? Actually, I've started doing that again since I had to pay, since this ta- past tax season. Yeah. So last, so later, last year taxes, you didn't have any of those jobs? Yeah. Okay. There are, I made below what I needed to actually claim like it was under, under, well under a thousand or something Got like it. that. Got it. Um, however, this coming year, I am going to be taxed for that as contractor work. Um, and it's a significant increase in pay for that. So, you know, putting that, putting some money aside anyway. Right. Cause you know, it's going to come out later. Right. Okay. So with that in mind, the kinds of taxes that certain that not obviously the billionaires would be paying like the the other rich folks that make over four hundred thousand dollars as uh the as president biden's campaign had said like during during their uh campaigning Mm -hmm. anybody over who makes over uh four hundred thousand dollars that's the other definition of the one percent there's two definitions of the one percent. The uh, the one percent we talk about whenever we talk about the one percenters are uh-huh. people who have ten million dollars or more in assets, oh. stocks, property, whatever, right? Uh, liquid cash. Okay, that's the one percent we all talk about. the 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 other form of the one percent is top one percent of annual income, and that's four hundred thousand dollars or more a year. Okay, so, but with that, yeah, if they just, started to tax that. Mm-hmm. whichever one they would start to tax theoretically um yep. some of them would pay what would their payment be if mine was under so, 200 dollars? what would like would theirs be thousands of dollars way more uh so we have what's called a progressive tax code right what that means is the money you make so, okay, so, sorry. I know up. you've explained that a little bit to yeah. me and I get that it's graduated. And so in that tax bracket, what would it be? I don't know. Go ahead. I don't know. But but basically oh. the, the idea, for those who don't know, right? Uh, listening who may not understand, um, every tax bracket has a certain percentage of income tax, right? So zero to 13,000, zero, 13,000 to 25,000 is 10%. The next such and so is 22% the next such and so. But the, the idea is this, if you make enough money to hit a higher tax bracket, the only money that's taxed at that rate is, the is money- that bracket of wealth, right? So yeah. from 100 to $300,000, you're taxed at 40%. Just that bit of your income is taxed at 40%. Yeah, the rest of it is taxed lower. The, the one that's above it. Exactly. So this- the informant and I dealt with when we file our taxes together. Yeah. Oh, sure. Okay. We're at different tax brackets because of yeah. our incomes. Yeah. And 
when it when you file together jointly it, they kind of combine between the two like the middle ground between the two of them so my income up to a certain point gets taxed at a different rate yeah again we don't make the same amount of money right but but all of that to say our, our tax system is remarkably complicated and what what this what the system ends up doing is the vast majority of people who make forty thousand to two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars a year do not have the assets to partake in the tax avoidance that the ten million plus asset holders, the the, the real one percenters, actually do. Um, there is a huge system in place, specifically built. Oh Lord, um, specifically built to make sure that those who have the most money pay the least in taxes. And the middle class, the classic, the classical American middle class is rightfully incredibly pissed mm-hmm. about the amount of taxes they pay every year because they are the most heavily tax burdened of the whole country. Yes. Which is wildly unfair because they are, as every politician likes to remind us, the middle class is the building block of America which means that they should be given the most reward. They've worked the hardest. They've done things, quote unquote, correctly. They've made enough money to establish themselves and build wealth. They should not be the ones being taxed. It should be the Amazons of the world, the Virgin Galactics, the Microsofts, the Jeff Bezoses, the Tim Apples. All of these companies and people who are worth billions of dollars need to be taxed fairly. Mm-hmm. And and you're going to hear and I, and I use that word fairly on purpose because you're going to hear people talk about the fair tax concept. Yeah. 15 cents of every dollar you make goes to the government. I don't care how much money you make. It's a fair tax because everyone pays the same rate, except it's not Yeah. because there's a concept called cost of living. Yes. And if it costs $40,000 a year to live in your city and you make $40,000 a year after taxes you don't make enough money to live in your city well but that's if you what make orlando is dealing with right now what's that that's what orlando is dealing with right now exactly uh orlando's cost of living okay this is my favorite fun statistic about orlando cost of living adjusted for average income rents in orlando are higher than san francisco yep I always knew San Francisco to be the most expensive place to live. Bingo. Yeah. But if you adjust for average income, Orlando is significantly more expensive than San Francisco because people who live in Central Florida are not compensated fairly. No. But the cost of living, the cost of living continues to rise. Park industry. What's that? It's largely driven by the theme park industry and the hospitality industry. The, the tourism and hospitality, yes, absolutely. Tourism, the tourism. tourism. Mm. But no, but but the whole thing there is uh, uh, when you when you rely upon turnover, when you rely upon tipped wages, when you rely upon mechanisms that are antiquated and inadequate for an incredibly volatile housing market, specifically housing, because housing is everything, right? I asked my parents a little while ago, uh, when you were growing up, what percentage of your income were you told to expect to pay for housing? I asked the dais here, what, what's, the, what's the ratio that you were all told to expect growing up? 
So I was told that it had to be a third. Okay. Yeah, I believe it was a third. Third? Thespian? I also, I, I, my parents told me that that was not necessarily true. Okay. My parents yeah. said when they were growing up, they were told one quarter. You were expected to pay 25%. So one week's worth of wages should cover your housing. Now it's 10 days in the month. Yeah. Cover your housing. Except that where I work, it's less. Yeah. Sorry, more. It's more of your time is meant to pay the to pay the rent. Uh, our system is slowly sliding and skipping and breaking to where housing, just having a place to rest your head at night, have a, a shower, have a roof, have some air conditioning in the absurd heat. Fully have some air conditioning. Have yeah. some air conditioning. All of these things have become a luxury, not a standard. Yeah. And that's, and that's wild. It, it is wild to me that we have an entire party that believes that having basic human necessities met is a luxury reserved for those who have success. That's insane. That, that they is, should that have is... made better choices. Oh my God. So this just reminds me of talking to my <laughs> boomer coworker. Oof. So mm. Baby boomer generation. And she doesn't quite understand, like, because she's like the last holdout. Everyone else in her age group has retired or had to leave okay. for whatever reason. So our library has gotten to the point where it's mostly young people because all the old people have moved on. And so she's trying to relate to us on some of these things. And she'll always like bring that stuff up all the time. And we're just like, listen, lady, this is what's going on with us. And she's just kind of just like, I don't understand why you guys can't have houses you can't have children and families it's like listen this is what my rent is and you know how much we get paid <laughs> so where does she live huh where that that particular person where do they live so she bought her house in the 80s oh weird so she lives in, in an area near us and and she you know has or has had her house for this amount of time and she's had her life and, she, and like she understands for the most part how we have struggles and stuff so she's mm -hmm. empathetic mm -hmm. so i don't want to like paint her in a bad light because she's a baby boomer but she doesn't yeah. genuinely understand a lot of the struggles that we have being out of touch doesn't make you a bad person exactly and she's not and so she'll say some things that we're just kind of like oh no let me like let me like educate you on what we're dealing with right now and she'll hear that she's like well that doesn't sound right like it's because it's not it's not supposed to be right 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 exactly no so i actually had a really interesting conversation with with a resident of mine who is 94 really oh shit. Oh, yeah. you should be living in the other residency no uh uh <laughs> she does not need it she is incredibly independent for her age she's and, an active lady yeah you wouldn't know she was 94 if you met her oh she's uh, an emmy yeah exactly cool um but I had a very interesting conversation with her because uh, basically we we're just kind of discussing where things stand in the world. And she's like, it's all wrong. Everything's gone horribly wrong. And I'm, I was thinking about it like 94 puts her, you know, born in the 1920s. Yeah. Late 1920s, which means she grew up on the tailing end of the great depression. And she got to experience what it took to lift this country out of the worst economic situation we've ever been in. And she's watching it recreate all of those circumstances. 
you know, uh, uh, part, part of what led to the, to the, the crises in the 20s and 30s in America was a lack of real labor protections. Yeah. The industrial, we were coming off the industrial revolution, right? We're coming off everyone moving to the cities, working 13 hour shifts, their children were working 10 hour shifts because 10 year olds are weak. And, you know, we're bringing home pennies an hour and that's okay because we're going to go home to our shanty of a shower. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and the kids get an education and things are going to be, uh, things are going to be better in the future. We're working hard for that. And then Banks said, but what if we give those people credit? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> but that's uh, so back to the credit. So, exactly. That was, so back, back that was 1989. That was 1989. How did we get from the Great Depression to 89? I don't. Because in the 20s, what created the crisis of the 30s was debt. Yep. It was credit debt. It was, it was, uh, I forget the terminology now, a, 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 a no collateral debt. So a car loan has a collateral, a mortgage has a collateral, your car and your house. If something goes wrong, the bank has a thing to represent the value they invest. Oh, that's where your arm and the leg come in. Yes. yes. Got it. So <laughs> when you have no collateral because you're just working on the line of credit. You for, then what is the become bank an amputee. Well, right. Sure. Yeah. Well, we're going to take your left hand because you ate too much last week. Huh. No, what they do is that's they put a lot a seat. like a Disney they put a no what they do is they put a lien on your assets so mm. if you have a car they take your car if you have this they take that you know it's, it's and 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 what that ends up doing is because businesses were also in were also taking advantage of the of the credit gluttony um it spiraled horribly um long long story short because i'm not a historian and i can't give you the the, the specifics of exactly how it all played out uh mistakes were made um too much leeway was given and somebody had to be held accountable at some point for all of the debt and nobody wanted to. So everyone just kind of said, but what if it didn't happen? And then everything stopped. Um, the same <laughs> thing, the same thing happened, but with houses in 2008. Got it. Okay. Banks, yeah. banks, banks were given unregulated lines of credit yes. to give to anybody they wanted. And instead of it being an opportunity for people like us today who would like to be able to buy a house but can't, it was, it was abused and the banks use it as a cash cow instead of giving opportunities to people who normally wouldn't be approved to buy a house. They just give it to everyone regardless of why because it was money in the bank. Yeah, and, it was and, giving approval for houses that were beyond their means. Correct, correct. And it was not that they couldn't afford a house necessarily. It's just they couldn't afford the house of the caliber that they got into. Exactly. They were giving, exactly. they were able to give out loans to everybody, and there are a lot of people who like when the when the housing market obviously crashed because the 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 value of the houses were overinflated. Yep. And because they, everyone was buying. Well, yeah, because everyone was buying. It's kind of what's going on with what what with the housing market right now. Mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of demand, not a lot of supply. Yep is people are buying at these higher like higher like values of the house even though the property is not actually worth that and then when it came time to like oh well you need to pay at this high rate that you paid for this house even though the house is not worth that it doesn't matter because you're yep. you, what you came into is at this high rate and you can't afford that anymore yep yep and and that leads uh, and and what what all of these things lead to is banks having to reconsider their risk analysis 
And what it means is those with assets, when, when the bubble shrinks, can yeah. buy. They can afford to buy because they have the assets. And then as the bubble starts to grow, they have more assets that are worth more. So the bank is able to give them more money. Um, all of this to say, those that have, have more. Those that did not have, have less. Yeah. And it's, it's a largely irreversible process. Um, if you look at proper, well, I, I, I say that, I say that in, in, in that, I mean that there is, it's very difficult to, to manufacture a reversal of that. Um, organically, these things can occur. If you look at what happened in 2007 and 2008, suddenly houses weren't worth anything because everybody had one and nobody could afford it. So they were all trying to sell. And when everyone's trying to sell at the same time, there's a lot of supply and very little demand. Prices go down. Um, the market in its own way can self-regulate, but when a free market self-regulates, it burns a lot of people. Yes. And these are the people that are getting burned or the people that cannot afford that burn. Mm -hmm. And what you end okay. up with is greater levels of poverty, greater levels of debt, and people who can't even afford to rent anymore because their credit is so poor that no renter would touch them because renting is based on your credit score. Yes, which is arbitrary and bullshit. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's a crime against humanity on every level. Right. The only reason why I still have a place over my head is because I found a landlord who didn't give a shit at the time when I first rented from him. He was a dirty old man. He wasn't he wasn't a dirty old man. He was just an old man. There's a human element to that though. Like yeah, true. able to look at you as a person beyond what your credit score said. Well, sure. so he also liked my other roommate. Um, because she worked at a bank and he was like, can you give me a line of credit? And, it, and she couldn't, like, it was just always the running joke. Right. Just as every time you ask him how he is, ah, still alive. So he will always still be alive. Bill, I, he's a great guy. I am I, like, he, he, it's people he like that. Like he didn't like you. He didn't like you, but he probably couldn't say your name. And that's probably why it was. So <laughs> It's fine. With my with my old roommates, he literally only deals with Bruce because or uh yeah, he says he deals with Bruce Bruce because Victor is too hard for him to say. That's fine. That's a whole he, other guy. I'm just I'm grateful. He should have evicted me had I not hidden in the bathroom when he showed up to the house. <laughs> fine. Looking for rent looking for rent you are gainfully employed though like you shouldn't have been in that position to begin with well at the time no i was i i was never without an uh, without a job yeah oh yeah but but you're just not working it. enough hours yeah see gainfully employed implies that you have extra money on top of your expenses okay fair enough i should well I should clarify what no, I was... gainfully employed as in somebody's paying you on the regular I, yeah. I guess it's not how I define it in modern America. Anyway, I have a question for everybody. Okay. Am I the <laughs> asshole? Am I the asshole? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the answer isn't yes, you're not paying attention. Okay. Uh, anyway, so we all know how this game works, yes? Yes. Great. Here's the question Am I the asshole for not letting my stepsister wear my wedding dress? No. Ooh. You, you, hmm. 
I mean, like, honestly, so, so no. We, so the informant says not an asshole. No, I don't. I honestly don't. What? Well, okay, hold on. You do with it. Well, sorry, informant. You can finish if you have a thing. That was. It was just basically you get to decide what you do with your wedding dress if you don't want it to potentially getting ruined or taken out again. If you want to preserve it, you have the right to say no. Okay, I am gonna just go ahead and assume everybody sucks here. <laughs> that's meta gaming and that's not fun yeah i understand i'm pulling a canadian so i my scenario is she initially said that she could and then not at the last minute but at some point said no i'm sorry i it was too unique to me <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to do that and then bridezilla comes out and gets mad and throws a hissy okay. okay everybody sucks here is what i say librarian what you say okay so speaking of someone who's had to purchase a wedding dress ah. right yes i haven't been there yet it's very expensive for one <laughs> and, but like if it's an heirloom like if it was inherited by a parent that was just like here i'm giving you this dress and then the person it alter alters it to fit them and then they're like, oh, well, maybe the younger sibling maybe wanted it. That's a whole a whole different thing. It's, it's, but so what's the question that I need to wait on? Okay. Wait, no, answer it. Ask the title again. What's the title? Am I the asshole for not letting my stepsister wear my wedding dress? If it's her stepsister that, pay, uh, that she paid for and not an uh, heirloom, then yeah, she, she's not the asshole. <laughs> Also, to your point, though, wedding dresses are only expensive as you get them. You can get just a white dress somewhere cheap and use it as a wedding dress. You have set on fire the whole platform, sir. Informant, do you know anything about my dress buying uh, experience? Yeah, I'm not saying (laughs) specifically. I'm saying if you want to do it cheaply, there are options. (laughs) Yes or no? What? Do you know what I have to go through to get my dress? Yes, I do. I, I, you called me and told me you got a pantsuit and then freaked me out the whole day. Oh, I no. love it. Well, what a great idea. On here, sir. I like, no. What, what wedding dresses suit? are ex- They are. Did you? Okay. Traditional <laughs> wedding dresses are expensive. I'm not arguing that. I'm saying they don't have to be if you want to go a non-traditional wedding dress route. Okay, so maybe you're not spending $2,000, but you might be spending like $400? Yes. I'm not necessarily saying it's not expensive. I'm I, before, you could also before buy one every, off a wish and hope you, to got a fit for $60. set him on fire, I'm going to read the rest of the question now. I have to find it. Where'd it go? Here we go. I just okay. like digging holes. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I just... I. I wish we had done this half an hour ago to give them time to just set everything on fire. Uh, <laughs> I like the things in my house. I want this pillow. So, okay. So, okay. I, let me, here's, here's the rest of the question. Here we go. I got married in 2016. My wedding dress was made by my mother for me when I was 11. She knew she was sick. And as she was a dressmaker, I asked her to make me a dress for prom and my wedding for the future. Basically the same dress, but one was pink and the other was white. Um, both needed to be altered when I reached the point of wearing them, but my grandmother is also a dressmaker and she was able to do it for me. 
My stepsister is now getting married and wants to wear my wedding dress to her wedding. She's my stepsister through my dad's marriage to his new wife, Liz. They were married when I was seven. She didn't know my mom. Uh, she didn't know my mom, though, and they were nothing to each other. So for the sentimental part and the part where she didn't even know my mom and couldn't share in that side of the sentimentality, I said, no, I did not want to give away my dress. Maybe if I have a daughter or a daughter-in-law I'm close to someday, I might offer it uh, to them. Uh, but for now, I want to keep it and not share. My, oh, my, my, my no answer has led to fallout, though. My mm -hmm. stepsister feels like I'm being unfair and is hurt that I don't consider her enough of a sister to share it with her, regardless of who made it. My dad is pissed because this is the second time she wanted one of them. What? Yeah, so I'm sorry. I'm reading this as it's written and it is poorly written. My dad is pissed because this is the second time she wanted one of them. Oh, she, she probably wanted, wanted the prom dress too. Yeah, she wanted my prom dress as well. And he said I should have been willing to share one since my stepsister has always looked up to me. Nope. My, my dad's wife, Liz, is pissed because I won't let her fix my prom dress at the time. I wouldn't let her fix my prom dress at the time and went to my grandmother instead. And now I won't let her daughter wear the wedding dress. They all say it's been five years now and the wedding dress won't be worn again by me. Uh, I've been called selfish, mean, a bitch, and other things because, there's, because of my decision. My stepsister is genuinely sad. She doesn't even care about the sentimentality. She just wanted it because I had worn it. And she always wanted, she always, quote, she always, always loved getting my hand-me-downs. Am I the asshole? No. No. You're not. No. No. That family, though. Like, that's, that's a lot. And the whole, the whole stepsister thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's because she wants to be a sister, basically. Right. right wants to be able to have those hand-me-downs and she wants the family history and all of that but like yeah so question was was had mother passed sounds like it yeah it did sound like it yeah because like i that immediately was like no yeah she didn't specify but it sounds like mom was granted well stepsister means that mom passed otherwise why would you have a step-sibling they get divorced and they accept that they said dad no, no, no. Right. Okay. Opening sentence. My mother made my wedding um my wedding dress was made for me by my mom when I was eleven, but her dad married Liz when she was seven. So they had so at least been one kid split up, dad got remarried, mom probably kicked it. Yeah. Maybe. Might have. Might have kicked it. Hey, well, the reason I say that is because grandma made the alterations. Yeah, no. Right, exactly. Mother had made those dresses when she was 11. Mother was not going to be around. Like that, right. we can establish that, right? I agree. Yeah. So agree. the idea of that she didn't want to have to share the dress made from her dead mother to a step-sibling who does not share that same mother. Right. Is that even a step-sibling or is that a half-sibling? Well, I think it's well, no, it depends because because Liz could have had a young Liz already kid. had the kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So like it was but maybe she was real little. So family is very complicated because I have a best friend who's got all kinds of half siblings, step siblings, and then whatever. They're all siblings to her. Mm. But if it came to a wedding dress though, that, that that's a little bit different. Like I, it, I, I'm I'm with I'm with what you were saying earlier, Librarian. If it's if it has 
you know, just like the post said, if it has sentimental value, my obligation is minimal at best. Yeah. This, this is a, this is a thing from my childhood with my parent who is now gone and I will not tolerate altering it for someone who is in no way related to that person. Right. And that happens a lot with wedding dresses too, especially inherited ones that there there's always going to be alterations because obviously wedding dresses are very symbol symbolic of their times. Like Absolutely. What I have is not probably not going to fit my daughter if I ever have one, but I want to keep it for her in case she wants to use it as like a template to alter whatever she needs to do it. Sure. So if I have two daughters, I'm going to be like, well, what the fuck? What am I going to do with both of them? <laughs> <laughs> You're getting busy. But like, a favorite, no. and then that one gets the way. a favorite. <laughs> like, no. Think about when it comes to leaving a legacy, and that's something, yeah. like, some, like, because women can't pass off their last name. How are right. you legacy for your children a lot of a lot of of it comes from what you're going to leave behind and that is a wedding dress and that's the idea behind that it is 2021 though you can pass on your bring back the hope chest i mean it's it's simply in my for me at least it's just you have the right to say i don't want to share this with you it's my possession i can choose whether i want to let you borrow it or use it or have it and if i it's well within my right to say no i don't want to give this one to you it's, i'm it's, with you on that Fa- family does not create physical obligation just yeah. because my blood and your blood are somewhat related doesn't mean i owe you anything yeah like, like I and, and i think to... and i think too it, it, some, someone here kind of touched on it as well uh, if you want if you want to be my sibling if you want to truly be a part of my life you don't get that by bullying me through your dad. Yeah. You know, like, like if you want me to respect you and care for you and, and, and give you the things that I have, especially the irreplaceable things that represent a, a parent that I've lost, you don't get it by going, wow, daddy, she doesn't like me. That, that's not how, that's yeah. not how you get things. I mean, even without the sentimentality of it, I mean, if you have something, it's, it's, your call whether you want to share it with someone or not it's not and it, yeah and i was kind of like on the fence obligated. until the whole like well now liz is mad at me too all right cool then i'm just gonna burn it yeah, yeah. nobody gets it yeah that that when you bring in like the second wife and all that that that's a whole bunch of like nonsense it doesn't need to be there because that's mm. the drama of one generation being passed on to the next exactly and exactly. God, I wish my best friend was here because she's she's dealt with that. She's dealt with the oh. whole like you know dealing with step siblings and half siblings and all that that nonsense. And I thought just... I was your best friend. Okay, you're my other best friend. <laughs> so, I'd like to I'd like to defend myself a little bit. I found that <laughs> a way. Are you posing why you're why you're the best friend? Eighty to ninety dollars. I'm sorry. What? I just found it. I posted the link in our in our chat. It's an Amazon link for a wedding dress for seventy nine to ninety nine dollars. It has good reviews. No, sweetie, no. That's not- <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good option. I'm just saying that it is whatever you're willing to pay. There is going to be something there. Oh. <laughs> I. You know what I? That's. I, I love your I love your bargain finding spirit. It's 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 horribly misplaced, but I love it. I'm I'm not saying I'm just uh, I don't know. 
coming off pretty terrible in this bit. I'm not trying to. I'm just trying to say that it, 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 it's to the argument of before we do anything about the dress, and we were saying whether it's like wedding dresses are expensive. They can be. They don't have to be. Live with if you want to live within your means. You have an option to not spend thousands of dollars on a wedding. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Hold on. So within my means might not be exactly what I would hope that I would be pissed if I, if if there are things that I have to concede to. Sure. And that it like comes the, personal, it's, it's a personal decision whether you want to do that or not. You don't have to. No one's making anyone do anything. I'm saying putting the onus on the woman being like, oh you need to just settle for this no, not at all. Yes. I'm saying if you want the option, the option is there. I'm not and saying- And you need to... a larger hole, sir. I don't really know what else to say. I... It's okay. It's okay. You're already married. It's if fine. I, if I may. Look, if I may. How much did you think my dress was worth? I'm not that, This is not the argument I'm trying to make I here. need you to answer the question, though. <laughs> no, don't was, answer the question. It's a trap. It was a few thousand dollars. I know that much. I don't know exactly. It was so, like four to ten thousand, somewhere in there. Okay. <laughs> Mate, can you can you chat me? Chat me the number. We're not gonna I tell anybody this you conversation just happened off of Facebook. Okay. <laughs> oh no, no, we, she, we will, she's just gonna chat me the number and you guys don't get to find out. We'll still be friends later. I promise we can talk about this off of Facebook. <laughs> I would like to now give the podium to anybody who might have a well done of me. I do. Well, it's not, well, Norman I does. I'm gonna, pee, I'm gonna go grab another beer. Uh-huh. All right, One's go ahead. Well done. One is just today's a special day. Oh, oh, that's fine. What you got? Today is the 50th anniversary of the launch of Apollo 11. Very cool. That's a well done. We went to and the fucking moon. To, to the to, moon! To celebrate that, NASA is doing a whole series of television specials from now until July 20th. They're also doing an in-person event at the National Mall in D.C. from the 18th to the 20th um, with Exhibits, speakers, demonstrations, and a host of fun activities uh, with NASA researchers, scientists, engineers, which will showcase the newest technologies and innovations that will take us forward to the moon and to Mars. So for someone who's very interested in space travel, this is a very fun week for- Very, very cool. I didn't realize that this was the anniversary week. That's awesome. Today is the day. And we landed on the moon 50 years from four days from now. So 50 years on the 20th. Cool. Very cool. Um, I will say, I I guess with to that extent, kind of well done to Dick Virgin. He didn't reach space. He, he went to the outer outer atmosphere, low Earth orbit. atmosphere. To be fair, technically, neither is the ISS. Okay. It's in the upper Earth's atmosphere. Uh, upper atmosphere. Yeah. No, like everyone's least favorite prick of a scientist, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> Definitely made sure to make, make his presence known on social media well, he has to, to specify that uh, uh, Dick Virgin did not make it to space. He has to give his input on everything. He's, he's got an input on though. Like, can you fault him for that? Yes. He's an asshole. He's an asshole. <laughs> he is an asshole. 
It's the same guy who has to go on a whole tirade about how the stars in the Titanic movie were wrong. Yeah. Just so you know that he knows that what the stars would look like. Like that's literally his brain. They didn't adjust for astral drift in the movie. Did you know that there was a a scene that was cut from the movie where there was like a whole like almost murdering scene where like one guy was hunting them with a gun because she had the, the necklace in her pocket? Like... There the movie was already been, long enough. We didn't need more of it. It could have been very different, the Titanic, had they I kept that scene. I think they would have all died anyways. I have one Absolutely, more except she hadn't. Kate Winslet did not die. Fair. I have Do one we have more any other well done? This one's fun. I think everyone here would enjoy this. Okay. Um, this is, I think, two days ago. The In Vancouver, Canada. Mm-hmm. Advocates for a safe supply of drugs handed out free bags of heroin, cocaine, and methamphetamine mm-hmm. outside of the Vancouver Police Department. Mm-hmm. Vancouver is in something of a crisis when it comes to uh, homelessness and drug abuse. Yes. Um, that headline sounds funny and crazy, but when you see the reality of what Vancouver is in. I was going to get to why I think it was a well yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Well, the reason they did this is they made sure everything they gave out was 100% clean. Bingo. So it's free of, the biggest thing they wanted to make sure was it was free of fentanyl. Yep. So that, because there's a huge overdose problem in everywhere, but for them specifically in Vancouver, this was their way of making sure that people can feed into their addictions basically without potentially it, dying it, it makes sure that they don't die of withdrawal yes right that's that's the whole thing so like this idea of, of legalizing also. drugs is more to help people who need it than it is to remove access to it so here's a fun fact toronto is further is more southern than portland oregon a lot of canada's uh, not a lot of Canada. A lot of Canada's population. That's what I said. Their population. Yeah. And yeah. a lot it, it's just kind of a fun illustration. Like, like the reason why Toronto has such a homelessness issue is because it's one of the most southern cities in the country, which means it has the most mild winters. Um, if you sent a lot of them to like northern Manitoba, they would all just freeze to death. So yeah. they all migrate to the southernmost, you know, population center where they can potentially get some help, and that's Toronto. And the result is uh, the city is always dealing with a crisis of homelessness. And I, I applaud them for going out of their way to at least alleviate unnecessary death from people who are truly in crisis. Yeah, that's why I, I say this yep, is a that well is done. That is a phenomenal well done. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting. I know the, the headline is funny. I'm just like, that's no, hilarious. Yeah. In front of a police Local PD handing out heroin. What? But yeah, they said they are giving out three and a half grams of each drug for whoever wants to come up where do i that. sign up you die i think you just go you walk up <laughs> we're going to canada Vancouver and say one meth please and then they hand you meth yeah oh we did have a good response i missed this a good response from the from the field regarding wedding dresses uh <laughs> everyone should do it the the beta z way get married in your birthday suits Uh, your birthday suit is the fanciest dress you'll ever have no one's stopping you from getting the fancy dress if you want it bullshit i can't afford the fancy dress that i want 
then don't get Thank the you for listening to the one man that was my point. But like but why deny it's her dream day? No one's denying anything. Since I, I informant as your lawyer, I recommend you stop responding. No. <laughs> He's telling my brother. Oh my god. As long as I was told as a woman that you needed to want this beautiful dress when you get married, because that was the patriarchy wants for you. And I was told that I was promised this beautiful dress. And I saw the price tags. I'm like, oh, this is this is really expensive. But where's my dowry? Where's my dowry? <laughs> I just didn't tell you what I had to give your parents for you. There it is. Oh, I I would love to know that. I want to know what my parents sold me for. The One Man Revolution home. podcast can be found on all of your podcast sourced uh, uh, apparatus: uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Tune in radio. Pocket Cast is my personal favorite, but you can also always find it at onemanrevolution.org, where we release every week's high quality audio for your download for free. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash OMR podcast for every week's live Friday recording, 8 p.m. Eastern, give or take a couple of minutes. We are professionals. Um, this week's been a blast. The revolutionary is out of town. I believe next week we get him back. So we might be doing things from the studio if possible, but we always like to have some people join from here and there. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for joining us this week. I am the comrade. I've been joined by. I am someone who's in deep shit, apparently. <laughs> I am the informant. I'm the thespian. And I'm the librarian. The revolutionary wishes to sign off and to also say peace. <laughs> <laughs>